In a world full of film and TV news. This just in. Breaking news for you now. We've got to interrupt you here. We have some breaking news. Some breaking news. To another story that is breaking overnight. Three men have joined forces to bring you the Hello and welcome to the Weekly Cut Podcast, a place that brings you the latest news and reviews in TV and film. I'm your host, Brad. This is co-host Connor T. Hello there. Fresh off an interview today. Yeah, long day. <laughs> Stressful day. I'm not done yet. No, up London, poor sod, all day. Uh, did you at any point ask them to repeat any of the questions? I did once. Did you? Oh, yeah, what, to did. buy yourself time? Took a bit of time, took a breath and went, <laughs> sorry, what was the last point? Gotta do it. Oh, I hate interviews so much. <laughs> uh, anyway. If you want to keep yourself up to date on all the latest, then chuck us a follow at Weekly Cut on Twitter. Feel free to share your hot takes and opinions, which people have been doing today. Yeah. Having a pop at us for liking The Last of Us series. <laughs> oh, really? uh, it, it seems like there's a very loyal The Walking Dead fan. Uh, uh, okay. As I quite rightly said, when that was on telly, I praise that. Yeah. But now The Last of Us is on telly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's Come on, different series, guys. Anyway. Like I say, Chuck us a follow, keep up to date. We respond to everyone, even those guys. Uh, and if you're a fan of the podcast, then leave us a review on your podcast app because, as I always say, it really, really helps us out and we will love you eternally. Yeah. Um, this week's episode is stacked as the content train, I'm calling it, is starting to roll in 2023. Me and Connor tried to warn you. Yeah. We've done a whole episode about warning you that 2023 is effing huge. Big, big boy. Big, big boy. Choo, choo. <laughs> choo, choo. Uh, and this week we have got, of course, the penultimate episode of The Last of Us, which was absolutely... I don't even know what you think of it yet. Yeah. I'm so excited. You, Fresh off. If you tell me it's crap, I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to... It sort of kills my whole episode I've got here. But we're, doing, we're breaking that down, Easter eggs, etc., and stuff like that. Some really cool things I'm... We're shocked if you know, so let's just wait for that. Okay. Uh, and then we've got The Mandalorian. We're going to be speaking a little bit about that in the screens um, segment of the podcast. And we also watched Creed 3. Yeah, we did. Which is, an, I think it's the second, I'd say, big blockbuster after Ant-Man, the Wasp Quantumania of the year. So they're starting to punch their way in. Ooh, I've got a few of those today. Just, just bear with me. I'm allowed two more and then that's it. That was knockouts. Really. <laughs> that was one of them. Oh, sorry. That was one of them. <laughs> anyway, a uh, couple of bits of news first to kick us off. Okay, the Batman series, the Penguin. No, yes, the Batman series, spin off series, The Penguin, uh, will of course be led by Colin Farrell, has now cast Clancy Brown as mm. mob boss Salvatore Moroni. Um, now, first of all, are you hyped for this series? And second of all, do you like Mr. Brown? I am hyped for this series. I cannot wait. This is going to be top. It's going to be top. That's what we like to say here. Yeah. Top. And Clancy Brown, I liked him in Dexter. Yeah. Um, what was it called? Dexter New Blood. New Blood. Liked him in that. Um, that he, I suppose you, you, you wouldn't know him as much. I'm a massive fan of him because he's a huge voice actor. Yeah. Um, do you know the most iconic role of his? You do know this when I say it. You're going to punch yourself. No, nah, go on. He's Mr. Krabs. Is he? Yeah. Of course he yeah. is. Oh. Uh, but also, um, he's in the MCU. He plays Surtur in Ragnarok, the big fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good impression. <laughs> That's a good impression. Uh, so, yeah, he does He does absolutely loads. But obviously, he's in things. He's in the Punisher series, live action. He, he yeah. is a brilliant, brilliant actor. And because obviously, John Turturro died as Falcone in the Batman, didn't he? Oh, yeah. So that's one of the big Gotham mob bosses, but they're introducing Salvatore Moroni, which is like the other kingpin of Gotham. So yeah. it's just going to be good. It sounds. Be. And if you want to see the first look at Mr. Colin Farrell in his incredible makeup, 
go check out our Twitter at Weekly Cut because it's filming today in New York and we've dropped the first images there on Twitter. Nice. That's what we do. And also, side note, Daredevil Born Again has also just kicked off in New York. So yeah, I saw that trending today. A lot of big this because it's, yeah, all yeah. Vincent Nofrio, um, Charlie Cox are all in New York and it starts today. So <sighs> we'll start seeing a lot of sort of set photos soon. Yeah. Um, right. So just to keep you in the loop and Connor, because he is so excited for this and he'll tell you himself. Uh, so the Super Mario Bros. movie has I now say that. <laughs> <laughs> it has now moved up from April seven to April fifth, uh, and the final trailer releases Thursday, the 9th of March. So just a few days, if you're listening to this, yeah. and you better listen, and you are listening, so well done. Carry on, though. <laughs> carry, carry on then. Uh, so yeah, Connor, I'm happy. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because the seventh is my dad's birthday, and right. I'm going away the day after. Wow. So now I've got a chance. You would have to had to it. wait then. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So now I can see it. Two days earlier. <laughs> to your own role played. Yeah, uh, um, I can't lie. We we got it. We just watched Creed. We're going to be talking about that, as I just said, later in the podcast. It was on the trailers before. Yeah, it was. I got really happy. <laughs> I mean, God, we just leant forward and went, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, Do you know why? I think because with this film... Oh, oh we got a mic malfunction. Yeah, kind of got too excited over Super Mario Bros. Because of this, we haven't really seen a lot in the trailer no, of the voice actors, no. of anything. We've seen bits and bobs and what we want to see. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen. They've just teased this big, wonderful world, which I just thought it was going to be Chris Pratt talking for, with, with Luigi the entire film and then going to the castle and saving yeah. uh, Prince, Princess Peach. Peach. What, yeah, I just thought it was going to be that. But like they introduced this whole different realms and world and yeah. it just looks great. And we get Mario Kart. Yeah, and the Mario Kart bit. Yeah, well, we could eat our words and it could be awful, but... The trailer's done its job, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, right, that is it. There are some other pieces of news. Go check out. It's all over Twitter. There is a couple of Disney um, live action, both live action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, live action uh, films come out, trailers. We've got Haunted Mansion and we've got Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, I don't, I'd, I'd safe to say me and Connor have got other fish to fry with the content at the minute. Yeah, I think so. That's bottom of the barrel. But let us know your thoughts if you have anything different to that opinion. But for us... We'll wait for it to... I think it comes on Disney+. Plus. I think Peter Pan, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, we'll wait for someone else to watch it. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll give our views on that. And there we go. Uh, right, let's get into some big guns now. Mm. Last of Us, episode eight, the penultimate one. Don't know how they're going to wrap it all up in one episode yeah. uh, coming next week. But what we do here, we're going to run you through the plot points of this episode stopping on the scenes we think that were just so you know worth the, the worth the speaking about the new actors that are in some easter eggs we've found and then connor can tell me if he thought it was good or not because i have no idea yeah i'm tight-lipped i'm a huge fan of this episode but we'll see right in the snowy riverside town of silver lake a man and we'll get onto this man mm. reads from a bible inside an old steakhouse Felt, felt very American dinerish that looked at the place. Like. Really did. Uh, a banner behind him proclaims, in quotes, when we are in need, he shall provide. Many of the people are crying and it appears to be a funeral we're yeah. watching, which it took me longer, I must admit, it took me longer than I would like to admit to realise it was a funeral. I just thought it was like a church. Yeah. And then it all started awful. to unravel and make sense about, oh, okay, and we're going to get onto the link between the dead man and yeah. Joe and Ellie in a second. Um, but yeah, it was a funeral. People are crying. The dead man, the dead man's daughter, asks the pastor when they can bury her dad. Um, he tells her the ground is too cold after a long hesitation and pause, and they'll have to wait until spring. Now, I, there's, he has a little look, doesn't he? With, yeah. And again, I'm such an idiot. I was like, what? Why did he look like that? Yeah. Um, they're cannibals. <laughs> I've just link. I've just made that link. As you were saying, I thought that's why he paused. 
Yeah, I just need that. Because they are munching that geezer. Um, yeah. But it took, again, about halfway through the episode, I went, oh, that's why. Because yeah. I was thinking, probably is too cold to dig. That's what I thought. I thought, yeah, snowing. Of course I'm not going to yeah. dig it. Or I, I just, or he was infected. I don't know. I just really didn't know. But then, yeah, it started to twig. They're eating him. I think this episode is like an onion. There's yeah. layers. There's layers. There's yeah. layers. Uh, right. Uh, and also, just I'm going to say it here, or I'll mention it a little bit later in more detail, that right-hand man, James, in this, mm. is the voice actor of Joel in the games. No way. Great Easter egg, yeah. That's really Troy cool. Troy Baker, very, very renowned um, uh, very renowned voice actor. He does the Last of Us podcast as well. And yeah, I thought he's a brilliant actor in this. I thought he was really good. Oh, do you know what? I've seen his face in the, in the mocap suits as well. Yeah. I recognise yeah. him now. And he does, obviously, the mocap... Looks like Joel looks like him. Yeah. It's really odd, isn't it? Like the game Joel, sorry. Um but yeah. Good old Troy. Um also she, Ellie actor, is in the um is in the trailer this week for the finale. So they're they're That's all good. sprinkled in. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, good Easter eggs. Right. Ellie, who dribbles some water into Joel's mouth, then eats some jerky. Uh have you ever had jerky? No, I don't think it looks very nice. It looks like like hard paper. Yeah, she scoffs it. Yeah, she's she can't it. control herself. Jesus Christ, Ellie. Uh, she eats some jerky like it's her last meal. She eyes up the gun propped up against the wall and leaves a little jerky on the blanket. No, she's not, she's not a monster. And leaves it for Joel and whispers that she'll be right back. Uh, using the tips that Joel gave her, Ellie manages to take down a deer from distance. Cracking shot. Fantastic shot. And fair play to the deer. Yeah, because it it carried on for a bit. It did, yeah. It did carry on. Fair play, Obviously, fight. left a, a blood trail. So, well done. Uh, <laughs> but, but David uh, and James from the settlement come across the deer before she can get to it. So she yells at them and points the gun in their direction and makes a deal for half the deer to receive back some antibiotics, penicillin, I think it was, as payment. Now, I just want to stop for a second and say, mm. without giving too much away what you think of the episode just yet, how good was Bella Ramsey in this? Fantastic. Well, the entire episode, she's fan- flawless. Oh, on her own feet, carried the whole episode. And I'm a little bit embarrassed because last <laughs> episode, <laughs> I was like, I need my daddy Pascal back. Yeah. And we get him oh, in we this do. and we're going to get onto it. But I just think, I'm, I'm not, not so much I was wrong or we were wrong, but I just want to make sure credit where credit's due. Yeah. She is fantastic and we're going to get onto some of the better scenes she has in a second. Mm. Um, so yeah, well done, Bella Ramsey. Good old for the British as well. Yeah, good work. British. Um, David and Ellie make a fire and talk whilst they wait for David to return with the antibiotics. David suggests that she uh, join them at the settlement. Now, again, I'm going to stop here because this is my only gripe of the episode and my only gripe of the series so far. You know it. You've said it. We're saying it again. The infected. Yeah. Not present again in this episode. We're going to get that. That's the elephant in the room. Yeah. In the game... Um, obviously, I'll just, I'll just look, have a little look info after the, the episode drops. In the game, there's a really big scene where whilst they're waiting for James to come, they have to fight off like a bit of a swarm of infected. Okay. A bloater um, and things like that. And they have to do a, re- and, you know, it's a really good mission. And and I just think at least a couple or something. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot to do. Just makeup. Yeah. You've got really good makeup, people. Just put a couple of extras in makeup. It could have been even like, you know, when Ellie was walking in the snow... She could have like hunting the deer. She could have seen a f- couple, yeah, um, and then then like gone away. At least at least remind us that there is a, a you know an, a zombie apocalypse going on. Yeah, well, I thought the deer was a clicker because it sounded like a clicker. Oh, I forgot about that. I, I thought it yeah, was and as I well. thought, oh, here we go, and it's like, oh, it's just a deer. But that would have been good if they did because the trust would have sort of built up between them. 
And then we're getting to later on. So that would have been like, we'll bring them closer together. I'll trust you a bit more. That's exactly what everyone is saying online. Yeah. Is that the reason I think the game was so good in that aspect, because you built up camaraderie with this person, fighting off infected, and then out of nowhere, the scene that precedes this, where if he reveals himself, David, hit harder, I think. Yeah. Still a fantastic scene. We're about to talk about it, but I think you're right. Would have been more powerful. That would have been more powerful, but... yeah. It's okay. I mean, the show is still fantastic, but that's my only gripe, I think. Mm. Um, but more infected, maybe. Like, like we said, just a bit of makeup. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Just call me. Just, get, <laughs> just call me. We'll come out. We'll do it. Right. So, um, whilst they've been having that chat, it's fair to say David's been quite friendly. He's been lovely. Pretty warm. Yeah, lovely yeah. guy. Um, as he explains that it's been a tough winter, then this is where it gets a little bit, and I'm going to do some quotes in a second. So he's been quite nice. We've all agreed he's being nice to Ellie. And then he starts telling the story about how it's been a tough winter and he sent four people away to scavenge a nearby town. At this moment in time, I don't remember the game and I've still not clocked on. I didn't either. <laughs> okay, thank, I didn't either. Thank God for that. I've still not clocked on who those four people were. And then he says, they didn't come back. They were murdered by a crazy man. And get this. And I think I'm starting to think, hang on a minute. Mm. He says, and get this, the crazy man was traveling with a little girl. And then the, the music starts to change. Yeah. Runner, you'd pick up on that yeah. really cool moment. Um, and then we learn that James is behind with a gun because he then says, um, I think he says something like, uh, put the gun, stop pointing the gun at her, yeah, James. Lower the gun, James. Yeah, lower yeah. the game, James. Uh, and then she says, the line which is really prevalent in this episode, he says, everything happens for a reason. Yeah really really cool little sinister little smile so well. sinister yeah. um, and we don't know how evil this man is yet but that was your first inkling hang on a minute something's not right something's yet. not right with him as well as being a pastor and stuff like that David however tells James to throw the drugs to Ellie and allows Ellie to escape but it was just a cold cold scene I forgot the guy's name but just um, really really good who's playing David um, then back at the settlement where a totally not at all suspicious meat-based stew is being prepared. Did you know at this point? No, I didn't. I, was, I don't know if I was just being stupid or that he did really well. I thought it was like horse or something. Yeah. When The way he said Venice, when the woman went, what is this? The way he went, paused and went venison. I just thought, oh, it's probably like horse or something or... I don't know, some really shit rabbit meat or, yeah. I don't know, it's just not venison, is it? I thought, I thought they're tired of venison. So I thought, oh, venison again. That's what I that thought. That actually makes sense as yeah. well. God, maybe we maybe we shouldn't do a podcast. Yeah, I don't think we should. <laughs> yeah, call it there. Sorry, guys. Uh, anyway, let's just get back to it. So David confirms to the group after they've dragged in the deer that they ran into the killer of the dead man that we, we heard about at the top of the episode. He says, when the sun is up, they'll find Ellie and Joel's hideout and in quotes, will bring that man to justice. The dead guy's daughter, I don't know why I'm laughing, sorry. The dead guy's <laughs> the dead guy's daughter thinks Joel and Ellie should die. Yeah. And what does that earn her, Connor? A fresh uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean, Across the a chops. fresh Sean Connery slap. It was, it was open-palmed, I believe. Yeah, it backhanded, was. Backhanded, though. Yeah. Uh, backhanded onto the little girl. And... I just was so shocked at that. And then I thought, right, okay, no, he's evil. Well, she spoke out of terms. So. She spoke out of terms, yeah. Well, Sean Connery's open palm, <laughs> don't I? No, I'm joking. I don't condone that. You don't condone it. All. It was a really chilling scene. Yeah. Uh, it just proper shocked me. But the creepy bit is when he helped her up and basically said, I'm your daddy, in a weird way. Yeah, he basically did. He said that, I know you're sort of feeling pain, but um, you've not, you've, I know you feel you've lost your father, but you've always got a father. 
um, and you'll respect him when he's speaking or something like that. Yeah. And then he sits down at the table and has dinner with the fat. Brilliant scene. Uh, uncomfortable. Isn't it? it was so, so good. And obviously now we know what he's eating is human. He's so happy that he's, yeah. he's just munching that food. Bloody hell. He was, the little girl seems unsure as well. She yeah. takes a little mouthful. Like, mm. I think they all sort of know what's going on. I, I think only two or three definitely know, but I think they all know. Is she and her dad? Oh my God. She must be eating her papa. Oh dear! I've only just clocked that. There's layers of this episode, and that woman's eating her husband. Husband, yeah, and so he's probably happy that eating her. He's looking at her thinking, "Yeah, you're eating your husband, and your dad." Luckily, we do these breakdowns for me and mine and your sake. It's yeah. probably listeners now going, uh, "Lads, that was really obvious and prevalent, even yep. if they haven't watched uh, played the game." But yeah, uh, I've only just clocked that, and that is absolutely insane. Is and as you say, layered. So well played. Right, moving on. The next morning, after Ellie had give a you know a massive shot of penicillin to Joel the night before, he's doing, I would say, not doing noticeably, noticeably better. She injects him again in the morning and then goes outside just in time to see David. I was going to say David James, which is a footballing <laughs> keeper, for, uh, soccer keeper for people that don't know. So David and James and three other men come in their way. She scurries back inside. Joel is sweating, which is a good sign. Yeah of the infections being, you know, warm, you know, burned out. So he's sweating, which is good, but still um, pretty out of it at this point. She puts a knife in his hand. She says she'll lead the men away from the house, but he'll have to try and kill anyone who gets down that basement. Trying to lead them away, Ellie is captured by David and the hunting party. David and James take Ellie back to the uh, settlement, but leave a few men behind to go door to door and find Joel. Uh, Do you want to... Um, I've just put down here, um, I'm going to let you explain the scene. I've put down here, Daddy is back. Daddy is back. Daddy is back. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Pedro Pascal and Joel, of course. Yep. Uh, not my uh, horrible childhood. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a good childhood. My dad is great. Uh, Daddy is back, Connor. Explain the scene. Yeah, so they're the ones left behind, they're like the typical dumb hillbilly hick type people. They actually are so hillbilly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So one gets in the house, creeps down the stairs, he sort of found a little case has been pushed yeah he saw that he heard like wind behind it didn't he yeah, yeah nice Clever hill, Billy. Yeah, walks down and says obviously pedro's gone he's not there anymore that penicillin's kicked right <laughs> in some, some super sh- shot yeah. <laughs> um stabs him in the neck no qualms you thought there's no not even a tussle he just stabs him how in the intense neck. was that the way he was staring at him yeah that they were staring at each other sort of as they both oh that was and just that was intense didn't let go no um the other guys are trying to find this geezer that's missing now yeah and Pedro Pascal has already got one of them on the floor. As a smashes, trap. Yeah, and smashes the other one in the face with a gun. Now, this is where... Yeah, I want daddy back interrogation scene. Go on, carry on explaining. We're in, a, we're in a room. One's tied up on a chair. One's tied up on the floor. Just punching. Just going ground and pound. John yeah. Jones going to town <laughs> on this guy. Wants to know where he is. He's don't know nothing. He's no. sitting in the chair. He's, I don't know nothing. I swear Pedro gets a knife, stab in the fire. And a kneecap, sorry. Yeah, and threatening to pop off his pop kneecap. Pop off his kneecap. Now, this is the side of Joel. If you played the game, you've probably seen it. In this series, we haven't seen this side of Joel. Ruthless. Yeah. So basically... Yeah, That's a really good point, actually. Sorry, just for a second, because, I, yeah, I got that feeling. I don't really remember the games. I know you've recently um, replayed it, but I don't really remember the games. But I'm getting at this point, which you can confirm to me if it's correct, I'm getting from this point that this is actually who Joel is. Yeah. This... The, the world for the last 20 years, because since his daughter's dying, he is this horrible, will do anything to get what he needs and to protect people he loves. He will do anything and he's got no emotion. Yeah. Like, do you remember the quite chubby um, 
what are they called? The Native Americans when they were trying, he was trying to find Tommy yes. and he broke. Ellie was there, so I like obviously he was being nice with the gun, but I could imagine we'd have seen a whole different side to Joel to get that information on his brother if yeah. Ellie wasn't in the room. Well, in Ellie's here. not here now, and like you said, we see this you know horrendous ruthless side of joel yeah and we know he cares for ellie and this yeah. i think we see it because i think he shouts where's the girl yeah um and he screams it and the passion in that scream yeah um and obviously at the end the guy who's in the chair tells him what town they're in and a result yeah um and after telling him gets a knife and stabs him kills him dead <laughs> now i want to ask a question uh are we psychopaths because I loved that scene. I cheered. Yeah, I was rooting for him. Exactly. Uh, really happy. I think Pedro Pascal's brainwashed everyone uh, to make him their daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it was just a really, really good scene. Uh, it's almost like I'm, we know he's probably going a bit too far, but he's, he's doing what he's doing to protect the people he loves. And yeah. it was a really good scene. Like Connor said, I really liked the fact how he stabbed the person in the knee, got the person to point on the map and said, it better be the same as the same spot as the, um, the your friend I'm about to ask. Yeah. And then he doesn't even get the map for the other person because he goes, and what does he say? He goes, he says, um, I believe him. That's it. It is quite an iconic line, for, I think, from the game that everyone was going sort of quite crazy about online today is that when the person goes, I'm not telling you shit, he goes, don't worry, I believe him. Pole smash, In dead. Head. Yeah. He's, he's, it's ruthless. And yeah. like, I love things like that and seeing scenes like that because you think, yeah, they deserve it. Yes, they, they do. really deserve eating it. eating people. I yeah. mean, I know they might not know these hillbilly. Actually, I reckon they do. I, I reckon that's his inner circle of hillbilly. Yeah. Um, right. Ellie is being held in a cage-like cell in the steakhouse kitchen. It's all happening in the steakhouse. Yeah. Busy, busy time. It's the hub. <laughs> it's the, hub. <laughs> the steakhouse is the hub, which is where she sees a human here in here, a human ear on the floor underneath the butcher block. David realizes she knows, so he doesn't even try to hide the fact his group is eating human beings. Fresh cannibalism. Yeah. Now, not only is David a cannibal, but he's also a big fat paedophile. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Got to get the elephant out in the room there. Got to just get the obvious out. Uh, he's a big fat paedophile. Uh, what an evil man he is. He's a groomer. He's a groomer. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know how you get more evil than that. Eating human beings and you're a nonce. Yeah, so he's a cannibal groomer murderer who runs a church. <laughs> yes. Uh, doesn't even believe in God, I don't think. No, he doesn't. Yeah, well, he does say, he admits, yeah. doesn't he? Uh, right. Ellie, realising that he's interested in her uh, in that very disgusting way, gets him close enough to break one of his fingers and go for the keys to herself. It was quite clever. Everyone knew yeah. what she was doing she, when she sort of touched his hand. and Really, really clever. David breaks her nose, unfortunately, on the bars help, um, and goes off to get James. As they attempt then to chop her up and some of her sweet, sweet human stew, <laughs> she bits David in that scuffle and say she's infected. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, use it to your advantage. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Buy her some time to figure out a way to get out of it. They both sort of pulls, he slams the, the meat cleaver down on the table and then checks her arm Yeah, uh, for the infected mark. That Even that James is like, that looks fucking real to me. Yeah, you think that James is going to think, hold on, James might kill David. If yeah. Ellie doesn't, James might kill I him. thought that was going to happen. Yeah. That he was going to like turn towards him and then she'd be able to run out back or something whilst they was, I don't know. Yeah. But really, really good. And then out of nowhere, she just buries that meat cleaver into James's uh, neck. Yeah. Uh, and then cool. runs off. Um, she goes back into the diner main room. It's the hub. Hub, yeah. It's the hub. <laughs> it's the hub. 
Busy. I mean, it's probably more busy now than it was when you know, <laughs> pre-apocalypse. Busy, busy steakhouse. Anyway, she's now in there. David chases Ellie into the main room of the steakhouse. Ellie chucks a log of fl- uh, a log of is a flame onto the curtains, and the steakhouse begins to burn down. Not the home. what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to think, where do we go now? <laughs> That was a home. <laughs> it's so vital, that steakhouse. Uh, David is still in a lustful rage, not a rage. Yeah, he is. Lust- he's horny. He is horny. He's horny. What bloody pedo nonce. Uh, sorry, it's just disgusting, but I suppose what they're trying to show, this is why Joel, and I think it's a good episode to show Joel that erratic and chaotic and killer. Yeah. Because that's the world he now knows. Yeah. David. Yeah. That's worse than the infected. It must have come across loads of days. Yeah, over 20 years. So that's what you have to be, that ruthless and cold. Yeah. So it's quite a good parallel for the episode. And also, I think they were purposely showing David, in inverted commas, caring for Ellie. And that was a twisted version of, do you know what I mean, of Joel. Of and, Joel and yeah, Ellie, yeah. And, but that's the real relationship. And it's, I thought it was a really, really clever way of doing that. Mm. But yeah, he's in a lustful rage. Uh, it's a horrendous but brilliant scene, I've got to say. Um, trying to find Ellie, who ambushes David with a knife, even after taking one to the gut, David still wants to get some. Yeah, and he says, this is my favourite part. The, the You say the fear or the, the kicking or something uh, the, like the, that? The, um, the resisting or something yeah, like that. He's a fucked up guy. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the scene is great, but I, the, I was struck. It's so bad. The gaff is on fire. <laughs> You've been stabbed <laughs> in the gut. Your best mate's been done with a cleaver as you say your famous hub steakhouse yeah. is on fire and you're still trying to get some trying to get his end away bloody hell david anyway ellie brilliantly manages to get the knife again and finish the job uh, and this scene for bella ramsey oh. just i wanted to applaud almost she just oh, goes into overkill mode because she's in shock and she stabs him about 400 times or hits him 400 yeah. times and like the flames in the background yeah and it's like it's like um game of thrones-esque yeah Going back to those days. Literally just, just mad. so brutal. It was such a brutal scene. And then, after we, you know, we just watched, you know, Eve, the personification of evil unplay in our eyes over David and mm. then happy and, and glad for Ellie to get away. The episode then ends. Um, as Ellie heads outside in total shock, Joel is there. He reaches for her from behind and she loses her shit, basically, screaming and beating him. Joel's repeating, it's me, it's me, he says softly. Uh, even though she's definitely not okay, she realises who he is and frenetically wraps her arms around him. Uh, he then says, give me a minute, Con. Yeah, take time. This was probably one of my, probably the best moment, I'm not even joking, of the series. It was sensational, which I'll just explain for the listeners why this line meant so much in a second. He then says, it's okay, baby girl, I got you. Echoing what he said to Sarah when she died. Yeah. Oh dear, I just got... I got shivers. Yeah, I just got yeah, shivers then. Because that, the scene was so horrific 20 yeah. years ago um, on the outbreak night and we've seen Joel be so... Oh God. Uh, You've seen Joel be so ruthless and horrible and heartless. But over the last few episodes, they're bonding and getting better. And yeah. I think that's the moment he sees her as his daughter now. Yeah, and just what, two, three episodes before he said, um, you ain't my daughter and I ain't your dad. Yeah. And now we're the, at this point now, it's like, well, I, I am your dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just nice. absolutely fantastic. Uh, that ends the the show. We've said our one gripe, so we're not going to go over it again because the show is that good. Um, yeah. 
We do need some more infected. I think there's at least one in the finale that I'm aware of. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the minute, the show is just is just brilliant. Where does this episode? I'm going to end it with you. Where does this episode rank for you in terms of the eight? It's very very close. I think my top episode would be the um, shooting Epi- out the window episode five. Yeah. as well for me. But probably because we've got loads of infected. I think that's only why. Yeah, I think that's it. Because you had you had heart and emotion in that with uh, Sam and Henry, wasn't it? Yeah, you had heart and emotion in that as well as you know, the big action scene that is the infected and bloater and stuff like that. Yeah. But but yeah, this is This so is good. second close, close yeah. second. This is it had everything and I like that Bella Ramsey coming to her own. It's like we've seen her grow throughout this and now this is her time to 100%. shine. And the best thing about this episode for me was that um Pedro Pascal and Joel didn't save the day. Yes. She handled it start to finish done and that's it. It's ended. That's actually a really good point. Most or maybe ten years ago Joel would have come in right at the end and killed the person. Yeah. You know, killed David before he got his end away. Bloody hero lust, saves the heroine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Um, but no, as Connor said, she, you know, she hounded it all on her own. She escaped on her own. It was just, Joel just happened to be there to walk her back. Yeah. Uh, and he's in a state anyway, so she was probably helping him more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant episode. Um, nothing more to say on that. We are doing a Last of Us breakdown of the finale next week. So yeah. come on back. Big. Can't wait for it. We'll talk about the future and season two. There'll be spoiler warnings yep. <laughs> for anyone. God. Listen to those warnings. Aaron, I'm talking to you. Read the description <laughs> before. Come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we will make sure we hit that siren. Uh, okay. Right. Now it's time for Creed 3. Da-da-da. And that, no need for sound bites. We've got Connor T. Here. Yeah. So uh, before you get into Creed yeah, 3, have you the Rocky soundtrack? Yeah. Have you heard the, that was some Gonna Fly now, the main song. Have yeah. you heard the lyrics to that? No. It's like, it's really weird. Well, I have, but I won't. So it's, so it's like the lyrics are I think it's like getting strong now. Um that's one of the lines. I keep right. repeating that. It's like getting strong now, working hard now. <laughs> um gotta fight now. It's just that's the lyrics. If you listen to it, it's really weird. When it it's goes so, really high, like it's like getting strong now. That's the words. Wow. Da, da, da. It's so weird. The song. I, sp- I suppose the instruments just make it, but yeah, that sounds really weird lyrics. Shit lyrics. Now you've said it, I've heard it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just just listen to the instruments, people. Uh anyway. <laughs> Creed 3 uh, come out on Friday, uh, the 3rd of March. It's now in theatres. It dethroned Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania as the number one movie and made just over 100 million worldwide in its second, uh, sorry, in its opening weekend, Excellent. which is a franchise best. Oh, good. Um, just, uh, it also had a 75 million budget, so it's doing very well as an opening. Uh, something just quickly, we won't stand it for too long. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is uh, expert Scott Mendelsham from Forbes read a report on that. Looks like it's going to it will be lucky to break 500. Ooh. So that they basically saying doesn't mean the MCU's dead, but Ant-Man's there'll be no Ant-Man 4 that was that was apparently reportedly going to happen. Yeah. The Ant-Man franchise is dead because it's lo- it's the worst out of the 3. That's a shame because Paul Rudd's good as Ant-Man. Paul Rudd is good. Um oh, so it's been let down. They just failed this one. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp wasn't a very good movie either. Yeah. Um so people probably fell off there and now this one wasn't a great start to phase 5 as we've said about we've done an episode on it. Uh, go check it out and um, we really deep dive into that one but yeah it's not a good sign for marvel and definitely not a good sign for ant-man yeah shame um but anyway creed is smashing it uh, currently sitting at 87 percent on rotten tomatoes critic score and 96 percent audience score yeah uh so let's dive into the movie and see if we agree with those high remarks as i shadow box the whole time <laughs> i'm gonna shadow box the whole time <laughs> this as we break down the movie uh we'll be doing a little bit of non-spoilers first um yeah. as it's a, a you know a big blockbuster movie as people might not have got their chance to get around to see it at the cinemas 
Um, and then Connor will hit that siren and a warning will go up and spoilers will ensue. Mm. But first of all, you've got to think, is this a spoiler? But I don't think it is. Um, it's been confirmed multiple times by Variety, etc. We're going to discuss Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Just before, because then we can give all attention to Creed as it should be. Yep. Um, but we're going to address Rocky Balboa, the elephant in the room, uh, or in fact, he's not in the room. Yeah, missing from the room. Uh, now... We are talking about this, as I said, it's in non-spoilers, but if you want to, if you really don't want to know anything, but I think everyone knows, even if you haven't seen the movie, that he's not in Creed 3. Yeah. And there's two reasons for this, and we're going to get into it, but that, that's nine films and 47 years of Rocky Balboa, and he's not in this one now. It's, it's quite mad. Yeah, it's, it's really odd. It is really odd, and, yeah. and you're going to speak a little bit about Creed 2 as we go along, because um, you've just literally watched it just before Creed 3. Yeah, you? on Saturday, yeah. Um, and they were so good in that as a pair, Michael B. Jordan's Fester Stallone. Yep. But, um, so there's two reasons why Stallone is not in this. Firstly, he disagreed with the creative decisions. He felt the script and tone of Creed 3 was too dark and not the way he wanted it to go for the character. Not necessarily sure I agree with that, but if I'm honest, I don't think that's the main reason. Yeah, I don't think so. I can't see, watching the film now, I can't see that being the case. But Rocky has... Some dark moments as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Adrian dies for one. Yeah. He doesn't have a great relationship with his kids, etc. So I don't think, and we'll get into spoilers on this one. It is quite dark, some yeah. of the stuff that happens. But yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that one. Yeah. Um, but this is the main reason. Um, we're not going to go stand it for too long. But to be honest, back in the 70s, when Sylvester Sloan was a little naive and young actor, that's his words as well, he sold the rights of the Rocky franchise to Erwin Winkler. He has been in a long feud for many years over this with each other. Uh, if you want a taste of just how much beef was between the Winkler family and Stallone, then listen to this. Uh, you may remember MGM announced a Dolph sort of Drago spin-off movie last year. We yeah. put it on our Twitter, at Weekly Cut. Yep. We spoke about it on the podcast, also Weekly Cut, <laughs> <laughs> as you would assume. Uh, and then Stallone came out with a statement and said... Once again, this pathetic 94-year-old producer and his moronic, useless vulture children, Charles and David, are once again picking clean the bones of another wonderful character I created without even telling me. I apologise to the fans. I never wanted Rocky characters to be exploited by these parasites. Ooh. So, yeah. beef. Um, yeah, big beef. And, you know, do you think he's got a, a right... Uh, I think as a creator, you do. I mean, if you sold the rights back in the day when you was a bit of a dark place, maybe, or you didn't know exactly what you was doing, then it's kind of more for you. Yeah. But it's tough because Rocky is so successful. So successful. And we know it's Sylvester Sloan's. The world knows it's Sylvester yeah. Sloan's. It's his franchise. So I think he's right to take that. If they're being nasty about it, take those digs. Call them names. Call them whatever you want. Yeah. Because I think he's right. They are picking the bones yeah. off all the characters. Um, yeah, I, I sort of do and don't agree. Like like you say, it's just unfortunate. It's a bit like Sony have the rights to Spider-Man because Marvel were in, not in a great place back then yeah. and had to sell um, Spider-Man rights to Sony. And no way should Sony give that up now just because Marvel are in a great place. Yeah. So it's it's a tough one. But then again, like they, that, that family have just earned so much money off of the Rocky franchise because no one knew it'd be this big and this successful over 47 years, Yeah, that they probably should have, you know, gone half 50-50 with him and said, we'll yeah. be joint right owners or something after time. Yeah. You've made your money, now give it to him. Yeah, He's I, dead I, now, Winkler. Is he? Winkler's dead, yeah. his kids now. Yeah. Because I think Rocky 
probably has that power now within the Rocky franchise to possibly destroy a film. Yeah. Well, not destroy it, but he can play it down and say, don't bother, go and see this, this is not good. 100%. His words will hurt that franchise yeah. if he wanted to, but I do think he gets on with Michael B. Jordan, which is why he's sort of, he seems to just really be attacking the Winkler family. Yeah. And even Michael B. Jordan has said, look, Stallone, Stallone's sort of blood runs through this whole franchise and the characters won't be possible without it. Um, but it's a good time for Creed to step forward without the safeguard and safety net that is Rocky Balboa, which I actually do agree with. Yeah, I do. Because Creed 2 ended in that really nice way. However, he was felt I felt him missed from this movie. Yeah, because there's no mention of him in this No, movie, they, they just sort of mention about the, the old fight and they don't answer about where Rocky is because he called him uncle, man. Yeah. He was calling him uncle. They were like so close. And the, and the bit where he said, um, if Apollo didn't, take a chance on a young kid and yeah. don't mention Rocky yeah. at all so it's a bit yeah look it, it was it was messed he, he gave, he, the mum uh, Adonis Creed's mum gives a really emotional performance in this which is good because it needs that as well as others yeah but I do think Rocky's Rocky was missed from this I can't lie yeah, it was. and that's probably what kept my rating down a little bit yeah. although I did really like the movie and we'll get into it um, but for now Connor can you as you've just watched Creed, t- uh, Creed 2 mm. and now obviously Creed 3, where did Creed 2 leave us and where are we now in this movie? Where is Adonis? What's he doing? What's happening with his family? Yeah, so he won his, his big fight against um, Victor. Big Drago. Yeah, Victor Drago. <laughs> big boy. Big boy. <laughs> big boy. Successful in that bout. Um, all the plaudits, obviously, he, he, he overcome yep. the, the, the big man. Disqualified in the first fight yeah. and overcome in the second, yeah. Yeah, so now we're... We're three years later, I think. Yeah, I think that, that Stephen Bloke says it. He goes, three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three years ago. So, yeah, three years Yeah, on. three years later. And now he's a um, happily retired man. Yeah, it's weird seeing him. But then again, I suppose he's like mid-30. Yeah, must be. So, yeah, which is probably about when a, you know, a boxer's coming to the end of their thing, sort yeah. of mid-30s, late-30s. So, yeah. Got a lo- lovely house. Um, oh, lovely house. Happy child, happy wife, who's now uh, producing. Yep. Multiple Grammys and and golden records and whatnot. It's a cracking life. Living a good life, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Right, so still on non-spoilers for a second, and then we're going to hit that siren pretty soon. Um, But how good is Jonathan Majors in this movie? Oh, he is good. He is. He might be one of my new favourites. This year, he's hot off the press. He is. Off Ant-Man, I thought he was good in that. Obviously, we said about the He was brilliant in that, yeah. yeah. Go back last week's. And he just brought the same energy in here. He was just... He just seemed so horrible. Yeah. And did you find him... I almost felt like he had learning difficulties. Yeah, I did. Like, he, he was really weird. Like, the, his animations, and, like, it looked like he kept doing things with his mouth. And, like a sleepy dog. Yeah, <laughs> sleepy That's dog. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I'm glad you got that as well. I just got the feeling like he was so awkward in social interactions. I know he's been in prison for 18 years, but, yeah, yeah, it was just really, really strange. But I loved that, and Jonathan Majors was brilliant. I actually yeah. put down here, um, I've got a question for you, first of all. How good is he in terms of a Rocky villain to you? To me, the only Rocky villain that beats him, because I don't actually class Apollo Creed as a villain, yeah. even though... He was in the first two movies. I think only I, only Drago, Dolph Lundgren, because that was such a brilliant movie. He Jonathan Majors is the best out of all of them. After that, I agree. Yeah, I okay. think he's he's the one that will stand out. Yeah. Uh, apart from obviously Tony Bellew. Um, but <laughs> no, I'm joking. Jesus Christ, Tony, <laughs> he's back in it again. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm with you. I just think he was so memorable. Yeah, he, he will stand out forever. And 
Yeah, the performance he gave added to it, obviously, but he's just a a big boy. He's a huge boy. Uh, Right, now, a quick mention, just before we get into spoilers, a quick mention that Michael B. Jordan, as Connor confirmed last week, directed this movie himself, and he has quite... He's been quite open for his love of anime and how it's fueled some ideas for the fight scenes in this, like the gut punch in the trailer. So obviously not a spoiler; it's in the uh, in the second trailer. Um, like that was pretty like anime, like how it mm. zooms in and shows the sweat coming off the back and as if the force has gone through the body. And yeah, what did you make of the fighting style? Such, it was really cool. I really liked and it, and I think I liked it more because I just literally come off Creed two. Yes, in the morning after we watched Creed three. Yeah. It's such a stark comparison. Really? The difference is mad. Um, but I think I preferred this style. I do. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because you've got to do something different. I just yeah. mentioned a minute ago, nine, there's been nine films. And there's been other boxing movies. So, yeah. like, we've seen a lot of boxing movies. So you've got to try and do something different. And I do think this was. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and you, so I agree. You're more... I felt more involved in the fight. Yes. You, you, you as a part of the That's fight. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I did. I really, really liked that aspect. But but yeah, I think Carrier, if you do another Creed, I don't know. He's mentioned it about Creed 4, but I really, really like his style of fighting and it's yeah. different and it's worked. So fair play. Um, right. We've danced around enough. Hit the spoilers, please. You cannot say we've not yeah. warned you. It's 40 minutes in. <laughs> enough time. Time codes, time codes, time <laughs> codes. Uh, and that was a pretty good siren there. It was lengthy. Right. So, let's talk about the family dynamic first mm. uh, with Tessa Thompson and his daughter, who is obviously now deaf. Um, what did you like and what didn't you like about that aspect, as well as his, as well as his mum as well, all in this conversation? Yeah, I liked. I do like the close family bond they've got. And I believed it. Yeah, I believed yeah. it as well. I believe that... Uh, Tessa Thompson and Michael B. Jordan, their characters, they feel like a married couple. They have chemistry, yeah, they have really it's good chemistry. really good, and you feel like you're... Salsier. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> lovely, lovely couple. Um, and the, the kids all grown up and whatnot. My only little issue is, not really a massive issue, um, but obviously their daughter's deaf. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of sign and ASL and subtitles in it. Yeah. That's fine, but there's some scenes where the entire scene, and it's about four or five minutes, is all... Yeah. sign language and, and subtitle which can get a little bit I mean so for some audience members some cinema goers they don't want to read they just want to watch a they're going to see a yeah. Creed film or a rock film they just want to see fighting Yeah. so it was very heavy on the family aspect this film um, which I don't think was a particularly bad thing mm. um, but I don't think they needed to make her the daughter deaf because mm. in Creed 2 it's a powerful scene Creed 2 yeah. when just a tear falls from Michael B. Jordan's eye and yeah. Tess Thompson sees it Really good for cinema, but I don't. I think it it can hinder going forward. Yeah, look, we might get some flack for that. I don't. I think that's a, I completely agree with Connor there. Um, I think it would have worked a little bit better if just like the mum, because I have not. I don't actually know what they've got. Yeah, I don't. They've know. got some something wrong with ears. It's not as easy as just they're deaf. Yeah, because she's going deaf like over yeah. time. Tessa Thompson's character, but the kid is fully deaf. I feel like it would have worked better if she. Had, just like Tessa Thompson would had you know a hearing aid and sometimes they had to sign and sometimes they didn't yeah um, and I thought that would have been good but like you say the family aspect was really good mm. and it needed that because he's retired and we needed to see the mum how they're coping how's the family dynamic now that he's not a boxer yeah etc but yeah that some of the scenes felt a little heavy because as you say four or five minutes of silence and sign language not many people are used to that 
Yeah. And that's not a, that's not a thing against it. It's really cool to see a death actor and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I do. Yeah, I, th- I think it maybe would have been a bit less heavy in those scenes. Yeah, because I think like you think the Quiet Place, obviously a death actor. Yes. It's a fantastic film, but you know where that film is. It's all silence. You know that's what you're going to get. With this film, it's like the, the, there was no music. All I could hear was the geezer next to me chomping down in his popcorn. <laughs> and it was so frustrating. Yeah. But I think it, it, it was fine. I mean, I've got a massive issue no, with it. But I think it needed to be mentioned. It need, yeah, it just has to be mentioned that this is what a lot of this film is. Yeah. Um, so just be prepared. And brilliant young actress. I, I'm going to find her name in a second, yeah. but she was absolutely brilliant, uh, that young girl. Um, right. So, do you want to... I'm putting you on the spot a little bit today, but I find it hilarious, so ha-ha. Um, <laughs> do you want to just explain, get it out of the way, Damien Adonis, what happened? What What's their relationship? Why is he Why is he now back? So, there's obviously a lot of flashbacks to this one event. Yeah. Do you want to just explain that event? Yeah. So get it out of the way. As the trailer said, they were like brothers. Yeah. Um. So, Creed, uh, Adonis and uh, Damien, when they were younger, they in the same um, care home. Care home, yeah. Together. Um, and they were just as close as anything. They went to a boxing match, and because Damien was good when he was, was younger, good. he was good, big, yeah. uh, massive right hand. So yeah, and, and what Adonis was know, his corner man or something. Yeah, he was carrying the gloves, and his yeah. corner man just putting little dodgy bets on and whatnot. And <laughs> um, but it was very much Damien was the, the main man, and Adonis was the little the helper. Yes, basically. yes. And Damien said, "I'm going to bring you with me to the top." Blah blah blah. You knew Damien was big cheese. Yes. Yeah. He was going, he was a prospect, he was going somewhere, but yeah. had some priors, etc. So he's a naughty kid. Naughty boy, yeah. He won, so he won his fight, um, and they go to a, a liquor store, I think it's, or like a food store yeah. somewhere. 7-Eleven. Yeah, basically. We call it 7-Eleven. Yeah. Oh, what we didn't allude to is um, Adonis found a gun in Damien's bag. Yes. Ignored it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they went to the, the 7-Eleven, and Adonis saw his old carer, who must have worked there. Um, Bloody like, Leon. Yeah, Leon, that's it. And he abused him when he was younger. Uh, so he just wowed on him, went mental. Absolutely wouldn't stop. Yeah, uh, yeah that's exactly it. And then uh, Damien sort of comes, and then so he's banging Leon, uh, yeah. but then I think these two like boys jump in from behind, and then Damien comes to to sort of help Adonis and pulls a gun to get the people off. Yeah, but the police get there. Oh, Bill, show up. And he's got priors, and now he's got a gun, assault. They maybe they're calling it assault. Adonis runs, mm. and Damien runs, but Damien gets caught, and Adonis doesn't. 18 years is a long time. 18 years is a long time. Uh, and so, yeah, Adonis has been holding that his entire life. So that's yeah. their relationship. He's now out of prison. Big old Damien. He yeah. is huge. He's been working out. Been working out. Yeah. Absolutely massive. Um, right. So that's that's quite important to the story because it keeps running back to that night. And uh, Adonis Creed has to get over that guilt yeah. to, to you know overcome Damien. So Damien gets out of prison and then just plays Creed the entire time. Yeah. Pretending, getting close to his family, pretending here, pretending that. Uh, he even gets close in the gym aspect, trying to guilt trip Creed into giving him a title shot against Felix Chavez, who has the belt and is Creed's top fighter. Felix is set to fight Drago in this epic title match, but someone attacks uh, attacks Drago and breaks his hand, which you knew straight away. Yeah. That's been orchestrated by Mr. Damien to give a chance for him to take the step up and fight Chavez. Yeah. Um, very cool. Uh, really cool moment that I thought that, yeah, he, he's, he's all this sort of facade we've seen of this lovely bloke is an, a total utter facade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so really good. So let's talk about that fight, the first fight, mm. because it's so brutal. It is, yeah. And Absolutely horrendous. We know what Damien's about. He's, he's a dirty fucker. 
Did you also really like the opening, like the walkouts? Yeah, I, I thought it was really like the Chavez, uh, Felix Chavez one with the Mexican that was thing. So cool with the really, smoke and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. really, really cool. But anyway, so they're having a fight, and Damien obviously is a little bit rusty, but he's obviously massive, and you know he, he can pack a punch. Yeah, but he's being dirty. Yeah, punching the top of the arm. Yeah, and and, and does an elbow, doesn't elbow, he? Yeah, yeah, to get the cut and the knee and the knee just absolutely battering it. Um. Now, what I just found funny here, to see if you agree with me or not, because maybe it's a bit of a hot take. Mm. Um, why why was everyone so surprised? Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He elbowed. I've, I've seen that happens. It just, you know, people are dirty fighters, whatever. Mike Tyson was extremely dirty, but yeah. beloved. Um, what I'm saying is, why was everyone so shocked? The geezer is massive. Yeah, I didn't you're, get that. You're putting him in a ring. Yes, okay, this Felix Chavez is the heavyweight champion and he's very good, but... Damien is huge. There's, yeah. there's a good chance he might be able to knock him out, and he does. Yeah, and I, I didn't understand. It's like Creed thought, well, go in there, but he's not going to win anyway. Yeah. It was like it was almost like, well, Chavez is going to win, so it doesn't matter. He's tiny. You know, yeah, he's obviously got a chance. If he wins these belts, it's backfired fair massively. Fair play to Damien. Yeah, yeah. Not fair and square, but he won them. Yeah. Yeah, he won I mean, them. it was a ref and judges, so blame them. Yeah, not, yeah. not Damien. He just, just boxed. So, yeah, look. That little bit, as much as I did like this movie, I felt that that didn't really work for me. Yes, yeah. when when it found out that um, Creed was given the picture by his mum, so he saw that his cellmate in in prison was the guy that assaulted Drago. That's the moment where it made it all made sense, and you would be fuming because you realise I've been played this whole time by yeah. Damien. But why he was looking at. Uh, um, Damien that way Creed before he saw that picture yeah. it didn't make sense to me that's like, true I'd be like I'd, I'd go to Damien go oh, you naughty little bastard yeah, yeah. all those cheating but fair play you've done it yeah. really well played to you it's never been done before yeah two, two of the boys from my gym batting it out what a fight everyone enjoyed it new champion yeah so I'm yeah. glad you sort of agree with that yeah. but then you know I, I, get, I forgive it a little bit because what happens once Creed does see the picture and I think it's really good um, so let's move on um creed's mum unfortunately passes away in this yeah um so i just wanted to speak about her for a minute because i thought she was really good um now i I should get the actor's name in a second but trying to protect creed etc should we you know holding back the letters and stuff it was good that she was right to do that i think in the end yeah because although yes you know she he should have been there and adonis should have been there for him i think that would adonis wouldn't have been the man he would i I don't think if he would have kept in touch and kept that part of his life personally yeah for sure he yeah. would have been a different person would have been trying to atone yes what he'd done. he didn't do anything he just ran away no and um, he would have tried to atone for it and wouldn't be the, the champion exactly uh so let's end it all we're getting to the final fight in a second so yeah. let's end it all by talking about that final fight between adonis and damien for the championship um so he realizes the only way to stop damien is to beat him after his mum's funeral so he gets back in shape after three years out of the ring. Three years ago. Three years ago. <laughs> I love Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, I love him, man. Three years ago. Uh, what did you think of the training montage? Did you like that? I did like it. But coming coming off of Creed 2. I was just about to say. is a bit of a letdown. Creed 2 was just the best, one of the best scenes I've seen. I'll say scene again. I've seen uh, in a cinema. Yeah. And the training montage in Creed 2 in the desert with a sledgehammer with Rocky there. Yeah. It, as you say, it's different. And they did try and, um, which I didn't really like, they tried to recreate uh, Philly Steps with the Hollywood Hills. Oh, yes. And the Hollywood sign. Yeah. I thought, it's, you can do that, that's fine, but don't try and recreate an iconic. Sort I didn't of, think of that. Yeah. 
I think they did try and go for that because it all got to stop and then shouted. And I was like, oh, nah, don't do this. Which is an iconic part of Los Angeles, the Hollywood sign. Just yeah. like those steps were an iconic part of Philadelphia. They did try that. Yeah, yeah. tried it. I mean, put a statue up there if you want, but I don't think many people go there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll leave it. Uh, but yeah, still a good montage. And I liked the fact that he realises, you know, when he, he keeps flashing back to the bit where he's running and he realises he needs to stand up for himself, get over that guilt, and then he fights Drago. He's helping yeah. him train, which is really cool. Now, then it's the fight night in the Battle of Los Angeles. Loved it. Good. What good a line. Uh, yeah. Similar to Battle LA, which is a really famous movie. I thought it was really, really, really good. Uh, this is probably, again, question for Connor T. This, for me, was the best fight of the Creed trilogy. Yeah, I agree. Oh, you do agree? I agree with that. Um, yeah. So Drago 1 was really good. Yeah. Both fights. But this... You're going to explain that scene uh, coming up in a second. Yeah. Um, of and I think it was about sort of round ten or eleven where they do something a little bit different that we've not seen before in Rocky or Creed. Um, but yeah, best fight, best fight, yeah, by far, because 100%. like you said, it's different. Yeah. Um, so do you want to do you want to explain it then? So it goes a little bit weird and goes quiet. The crowd go etc. As I said, it's not really been done before, and basically it's Adonis feeling guilty. And it's affecting his fight. Yeah. So do you want to explain that aspect? Yeah, it did feel a lot animated. It was an, this was basically animated. 100%. So the, the audience go, the sound goes, there's nothing. And all you hear is a grunting of um, Creed and uh, Damien. Damien. Yeah. And it's just, they're both getting their, their licks in, both getting their shots in the corner. You get the prison cell at the back. You get cage. It's just, the shots are more sort of show what's the word for it i suppose you hear and feel the impact a little bit more yeah. maybe is it because it's quiet do you think i think so or... yeah you see the sweat more it's more focused it's, you, you can just see everything that's happening you can feel the their pain yeah the pair of them and it, it's just so intimate yeah especially the bit where because i think what when connor said earlier as um, he rightfully said he was abused uh physically yeah, um, yeah. in the the group home i think they call it we call it foster care here but in the group home it was like i think he was pushed up against like a body bag and and hit yeah and then at one bit damien throws him into the corner and behind him is the body bag from the group home and I, like you say when they when damien was hitting him in that moment and there was like scream not not screams but grunts from adonis yeah it was almost like a cry for help like when he was younger and i thought that was really impactful yeah emotionally and physically hearing the impact yeah it's like they're both battling their past yeah. both of them are just battling their past and trying to get over i'm not trying to get over they're just letting it all out yes you've wronged me no you've wronged me yeah and it, it was just a, a proper fight outstanding yeah no there's no crowd no cameras no nothing just me and you have a run and did they hit each other at the same time was it that scene yeah that it? It? and that sort of broke the the spell yeah um and we're now back into the final round i think of round 12 um adonis first damien so obviously he does win in the end yeah he overcomes um, he, get, he gets that massive gut punch we see in the trailer and goes down, comes out, overcomes it, and beats Damien. Now, a couple of questions I've got about where we go in the future, but I thought that was a really good scene between Damien and Adonis when they were sitting down in the locker room. I did, yeah. I done a little handshake. Because, I mean, Damien's not killed anyone. No. He's not done what Drago done to, to you know, Creed, his dad. He, he's just, he's had a really bloody tough life. He's been in prison for 18 years. He's yeah. come out. Won the champ, won the heavyweight championship. Yeah, he's got a lot of emotions going on, though. and he protected his friend back in the day. Yeah, so he doesn't wronged anyone really. So yeah, all right, he, he's been a bit of a mental person in this movie, but you you can empathise to an extent. Yeah, he's lost his life. He lost his life in eighteen yeah. years. So 
So yeah, and that was his dream, and he's watching his best friend live that dream. Who was he was going to take there? Yeah, he, he didn't get taken there by his best friend when he done it. So yeah, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, we seem to both agree on that, but really good. And, and Damien just sort of admits that it's not on you. It never yeah. was. Um, I've you know it's it was my decision and all that, and you know he had the gun and stuff like that. So really, really good. I liked how it ended. Yeah. Um, glad they didn't do a Fast and Furious, and you know I thought he was going to say. Come in the other locker room. That's and- what I thought was going to happen. I'm so glad that didn't happen. Yeah. I was like waiting for Jason Statham and you know, come to the barbecue, <laughs> even though you bloody killed, tried to kill everyone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that. But now, before I ask for your rating out of 10 of Creed 3, mm. um, and if it was better than Creed 2, I, w- I want an answer on as well, so do it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, the final bit where he looks, you know, he's having that really cute moment with his daughter in the ring, yeah. and then he looks back in the ring as they leave. Is he saying that's me? I'm done now. I'm re- I'm doing a Tom Brady. I'm retiring again. Yeah. Or is he saying I love this shit? And I'm, am I continuing? What? I, it didn't get answered. Yeah, it could be taken either way. The way I saw it was, and maybe again going back to Creed two, I saw it as he's done. He's going to hang up. He's he's got his family in the ring. Everyone's happy. I think he thinks I'm done. And it was same as Creed two at the end. When Rocky says, you have your time, I've had my time in the ring, and sits outside the ring and just sits down and puts yeah. his hat on. I've got those vibes, so I think he might be done. Okay, fair enough. Uh, could, would, would you be interested? Don't have to go up and stay on it too long, but they seem to be setting up his daughter here. Yeah. Do you think they're going to go that route? I think they are going to go that route. Yeah, um, I don't want to see it. Um, it'll be cool to see a, a female-style Rocky film. And who, who's like disabled, because obviously we're here in Pediment, yeah. but But I think... Feels a bit false as it's yeah. another generation of Creed. Yeah, maybe go another character. Yeah. Or maybe do a new character. It doesn't have to be Creed. Maybe let a, a, a female boxer, if it's going to be a female boxer, yes. be a standalone name and not just be a Creed. Because mm. then I think that... Maybe Creed trains her, I don't know, from yeah. his gym or something. Yeah, yeah I, I do agree with that. If I mean, if they do it, great. We'll watch big fans of Creed and the Rocky franchise has just been... Like I say, I think there's one not great movie, which is Rocky Five. The rest are all bloody either good or great. Yeah. Just a really successful... Other than maybe Harry Potter, I can't think of a more successful franchise that just hits bangers. Yeah. But anyway, uh, well done. Now, I wanted to end it here. I will say, first of all, gather mm. your thoughts. I'm going seven... I'm going to do it because I did really like it. 7.5. I thought it was yeah. a very good movie. Okay, yeah. I'm going 7.5 out of 10, and I'm saying it was not better than Creed 2 because I think that was about an 8, 8.5. I thought it was, that was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, what's your take? Just replay that. Oh, exactly, I'm exactly <laughs> right. the same. Seven point five. I was torn between seven point five and a seven. Yeah, I thought no, it gets a seven point five, which it's is not, still a good rating. That's good really rating. good. Yeah. yeah, it didn't quite hit an eight, um, maybe because there wasn't that much fighting really in the film. No, um, but there a little, was bit, little bit of pacing issues from the second to third act. I felt um, yeah. how they jumped. Some things didn't quite make sense, like we just you know laughed about with the after the Felix Chavez fight. Yeah, uh, well done, Damien. You. Dirty fucker, but you've <laughs> yeah, done it. Congrats. Yeah, some things like that. Um, it, and also the big thing for me is that it missed Rocky Balboa. Um, yeah, 100%. yeah, I feel like they could, they could, you know, it's not anyone's fault, but that's just what what the the deal is. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that ends us. Uh, great yeah. breakdown. Um, now, I guess I'll tell you what I'm going to ask here. Ooh. Where would that rank? I'll tell you what, rank the three. So, would you say this is better than the first? Ooh. 
I probably would say it's better than the first one. Yeah, I think I'd do as well. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say second, third, first. Okay, cool. We're on the same page. Yeah, I thought I'd just ask that one because I saw a lot of people are doing that ranking. I think we'll probably do that and that helps me with the Twitter. Yeah, (laughs) we're the same. We're the same. Okay, great. Right, now we're moving on to our infamous segment. What is on our screens, Connor? Love you, Loki. Uh, right, this is the segment where we just have a really quick run through of what we're what we're sort of watching on our screens. I think there's only one for me at the minute is Mandalorian. Yep. Anything else for you before we get into it? I did watch Star Trek. You did 2009 Star Trek. Oh, you did. You did. I know you said this at the pub, but we'd had a few shandies. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of it? I love that film. Oh, it's really good, isn't it? Love yeah. it. Yeah. Holly really likes it as well. She said, "Put it on." And I just, I just think it's so good. It is, it's brilliant. JJ uh, yeah. Abrams smashed it. Yeah. Um, the, I, I re, I'm a massive fan of Star Trek too. Fans, for some reason, aren't. Well, a lot of them do like it, but it's a little bit more divisive. Mm. Star Trek Two with Benedict Cumberbatch. Do you yeah, remember it? I do remember it's it. So, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I'd, I'd be interested in what you think of that one again. Uh, right, Mandalorian. Yes. We're gonna do. We will be doing breakdowns on this series because we are huge fans. We we're very vocal about, it, especially Connor. Mm. Um, now we will be doing breakdowns, but it's it's a busy march, so we're just gonna pick our times for it. Um, but what did we think? Oh, so welcome <laughs> back. We're back in the land of man, though. It's so, it's so good. cool. It's straight in. We've got action. Yeah. Um, you think back for Boba Fett? It took so long. I know this episode, this series, season episode one. We're straight back in action. You got cool fucking pirates in space this is what we want 200 pound or 2000 pound crocodiles coming out of the water yeah. um did you think at the beginning did you think that was young dinjarin young mando yeah exactly what i thought i thought hang on a bit and then obviously it's not he comes in his you know crazy jet and destroys and then the cgi on that massive crocodile oh. it's, i'm sure it's got a name star wars guys yeah, but i don't know down. it's a massive crocodile yeah um and the cgi was brilliant yeah it's so good. Um, now, I just want to touch on the dog fighting in the asteroid, um, you know, with these new ship and the pirates. Yeah. I just, that blew me away. Yeah, that was Star Wars. <laughs> I knew you would like, it was Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. literal Star Wars. Did you like how every ship he destroyed, it done the Mando? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he's hiding. Uh, he's like, he's waiting the ship just hiding behind. He's like, got you. And then, yeah, got you. Yeah. I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. Like Connor said, it was quite a short run time. I think it was only about 37 minutes, something like that. Yeah, flew by. Flew by, but it had loads of action. It, I felt like they needed to sum up what happened. Well, not what happened. They needed to sum up where we are with Mando and Grogu and uh, Mandalore and Bo-Katan because yeah. obviously we've said this, Bubba Fett changed everything from Mando season two finale. Yeah. So I don't know if people need to watch, if you haven't watched that, it'd be interesting if people are lost. I don't know if, if people haven't watched Bubba Fett, do you feel lost? Yeah, in true, this? good to know, yeah. Yeah, because Grogu's now back with him, etc. Um, But yeah, Mando is great. I can't wait to do a proper breakdown on some of these episodes. Yeah. Apparently episode two next uh, this Wednesday is phenomenal. So <sighs> we'll see if we can squeeze that one in. Yeah. Um. Anyway, shall we move on to Box of Scraps? Yeah. Box of Scraps! Yeah, what we got, sir? I've got one scrap. Go. Um. Vin Diesel. The oh. fast franchise that's never ending. Yeah. So he wants Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> to be the villain of the final film. Tech villain, I might add. Come on. Uh, Vin, just come up with another idea there, mate. Yeah, I know. It's just so lazy. This film is getting lazy. It's like, who can we get now? Let's get Iron Man in. Yeah. Oh, we can't do Iron Man, but let's just do Robert Downey Jr. He can Jr. be tech. Like, yeah. I imagine if he makes a suit. Or make, he makes a car and it comes Probably in. will. <laughs> Probably will. Uh, yeah, well done, Vin, for God's sake. Whatever, Vin. Um, now, I've got two. Uh, just quickly, Keanu Reeves has spoken with James Gunn about Constantine 2, as that movie is still a little bit up in the air. Okay. Um, I hope it does happen, but I don't think... I 
I think James Gunn's probably going to have other plans for Constantine personally. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, just I don't know what to say to this Lionel Messi animated series in the works at yeah. Sony. What is that about? Apparently, it's made for kids though. It's a, like, like he's going through a video game or something. I don't know. It sounded awful. Yeah, it sounded shit. It sounded awful. Um, I've got nothing else to scraps, and that's the show. That's the show. Fair enough, right? Connor's got a test to get to for his new have, interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll end it by saying thank you for listening. We really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, we couldn't do it without our followers, obviously, over 10K, and we really appreciate that Twitter community we've got, the listeners here, and the ones that, and that's uh, that's Lucinda barking, that's if, if, barking. Or they can't hear it, and I'm just now mentioning that for no reason. <laughs> um, but we really, really, really do appreciate it. And, and can I just say thank you for listening on this episode. Next week, we've got... Connor, you're bringing an Oscar breakdown fresh from Paris. I am. You're not out there for the Oscars. I wish I was. <laughs> He's out there. Well, you're doing Disney. You're yeah, I am doing Disney. So, Connor, on Monday, we're going to go through the Oscars. There's some really, really interesting categories and nominations this year. We're also having the Last of Us finale. Yeah. Can it stick the landing and solidify itself as a great series? We'll have episode two of Mandalorian. I'm sure what I'm trying to get at is a lot of shit going on. Big uh, So thank you for listening this week and please come back. And thanks for having us in your ears. <laughs>